The reading today is on page 7 of the bulletin. It's Isaiah 55, 8 through 9, and Romans 11, 33 through 36. Listen now to the word of the Lord. My plans are not your plans, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my plans than your plans. God's riches, wisdom, and knowledge are so deep. They are as mysterious as his judgments, and they are as hard to track as his paths. Who has known the Lord's mind? Or who has been his mentor? Or who has given him a gift and has been paid back by him? All things are from him, through him, and for him. May the glory be to him forever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So for a few weeks we are searching out some of those biblical kinds of phrases that we think are in the Bible, but we're actually kind of discovering that they aren't in the Bible. They're things that we as humans have created to kind of help understand who God is or is not. Uh, last week we searched through the belief that God helps those who help themselves. We've all heard that phrase before and maybe even used it. But in reality, as we kind of searched through the scriptural portrait of God, I, I hope we came away understanding that God is one who helps those who cannot help themselves. That is the nature of God and the call for us as community. Uh, this week we're going to look at the phrase, God works in mysterious ways. And, and as I was thinking about this sermon early this week and, and starting to craft some ideas and notes, this, this sermon was a mystery to me as well. I hope by the end of it it's not a mystery to all of us, <laughs> you know, that somehow this kind of makes some sense to us about who God is. Does, does God really work in mysterious ways? You see, I believe that God has, is, and continues to reveal God's self in ways that we can know, that we can certainly know who God is and the ways of God, and that we can also participate in the ways of God as God is active in the world. That does not mean that we fully comprehend and understand the ways of God. That's the separation between creator and creation. But that does not give us license to stand on the sideline. Because we don't fully comprehend does not mean that we simply disengage. God wants us to come to know these ways and to participate in them. How many of you like a good mystery? You like reading mystery novels, uh, searching through the mysteries of different things. I like mystery movies. I, I like being able to, to sit down and watch a mystery movie, and I like trying to see if I can figure out the plot line a little bit in advance. Any of you like me, you know, that you're trying to figure out where the movie's going before it ever gets there. You want to see if you can guess the ending, and then when it gets to the ending, are you pretty close? Did you use your mental faculties in a way you could figure this out, you know? Uh, the movies I don't like are the ones that get to the end and have no resolution, you know? They just leave you hanging at the end of the movie. I, I, I 
looked up some of these to see if I could, I could recall some of those movies. And there, there's a, a website out there. It's a, a movie geek website that listed some. I, I thought I'd share with a couple of uh, a couple of these with you and see if they recall for you that feeling of, of the mystery at the end still ge- being left hanging. Uh, the French Connection was one of those that they mentioned, filmed in 1971, that when you got to the end of the movie, you were like, what? What happened, you know? Uh, no Country for Old Men. I'm not sure how many of us actually watched that movie or would admit to it. Uh, pretty violent kind of movie, but it had one of those endings. It was nebulous. It really didn't tie it up in a nice, neat bow. Some of you that are a little bit more into the mind twister kinds of movies might remember Leonardo DiCaprio's, uh, DiCaprio's movie Inception. That multi-layered, dimensional kind of movie that had you moving back and forth through these different scenarios and you get to the end and you wonder, is he living in reality or one of those moments of dream state? And you question. And it didn't tie it up real well. Now, I know there's a bunch of movie buffs out there that could create a much better list than this, uh, than what I have. You're the experts out there, not me. But I mention this just simply to say that I think in many ways we have discomfort with these unresolved kind of mysteries in life. Now, it might not be movies for you. It might be a a variety of other things that are mysteries that that cause this dissonance in the soul. You know, There's a wrestling that goes on within you because you haven't quite had life tied up in a nice, neat little package and bow. You think about unresolved mysteries that come from our history. Who was D.B. Cooper? Right? The guy that jumped out of a hijacked airplane in 1971 used the name D.B. Cooper, but they don't know if that was really his name or not. Is there really a UFO in Area 51? I want to know that one. I don't know about you. But was JFK's assassination a conspiracy? Was there somebody on the grassy knoll? Why do planes, boats, and people disappear in the Bermuda Triangle? And the one that's a burning question for me is, where is Jimmy Hoffa's body? I want to know, where's Jimmy Hoffa? Any of you? Or maybe your questions are a little bit more serious, the why questions that come up in your life, the mysteries that are almost unsolvable about who we are. Why cancer? Why? Why death of innocent children and adults? Or the one that all of us may have asked at one point in our life and continue to ask is the question, why does God allow and you fill in the blank? Right? Because there's a dissonance that's within our soul. There's a mystery there that we just don't understand. When you think about mystery, mystery is something that's difficult. It's impossible for us to understand or even try to explain. It's inconceivable in our minds like the visual imagery of an illusionist. It's unknowable like the boundaries of our universe. It's indiscernible like the molecules of the air that we breathe, this mystery that we live within. And maybe what makes us uncomfortable with that mystery is simply the fact that we have the inability to rationally dissect and reconstruct so that we can gain knowledge, understanding, and a reasonable answer to the mystery. That's why we don't like mysteries. We like things to be resolved. And if we don't understand something, 
then we simply label it a mystery. And maybe because we don't understand what God is doing in the world around us and and the plans that God has, we, we resort to that phrase that God just simply works in mysterious ways. It's our rational way of explaining the mystery around us. It seems reasonable to offer that we cannot explain who God is or what God's doing. That maybe simply the ways of God are far beyond our pay grade. Right? And yet, I I think that phrase, God works in mysterious ways, is one that any of us who seriously take the work of God and seriously think about the concerns of the world that it is something that's a poor understanding or witness of who God is, that we want something better to offer to the world. When you think about the origins of the phrase, uh, we've heard it, God works in mysterious ways. How many of you have ever heard it as the Lord works in mysterious ways? A number of us, we've probably heard it both ways, right? There's a variety of different offerings as to where this actual phrase came from. One of the best ones is that it's a phrase that actually grew out of a hymn that was written by William Cowper in 1773. A line of his hymn reads, God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. He plans his footsteps in the seas and rides upon the storm. Maybe we just simply developed that thought, that theology of God working in mysterious ways from just something that's been captured in word and passed on. But here's the question. Does God really work in mysterious ways? Is the work of the Lord an utter mystery to us humans? When you think about the scriptures that we read this morning, I, I certainly think that When you take pieces of Scripture out, we could certainly come to believe that, right? The Isaiah scroll, when you extrapolate the words that we read, could lead us to believe that the ways of God are unknowable for us. My plans aren't your plans, nor are my ways your ways. Just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than yours. My plans than yours could lead us to believe that God is a mystery that we cannot understand, that the activity of God is beyond our comprehension. And yet when you insert those words back into the grand speech of God that's recorded in the Isaiah scroll, you can see that God's activities are knowable. They're just counterintuitive to our human way. Because Isaiah says in the first part of the scroll, all who are thirsty, come to the water. Whoever has no money, come buy food and eat. Without money at no cost, buy wine and milk. And if you are wicked and sinful, return to the Lord, for he is merciful, he is generous with forgiveness. Counterintuitive. Because we all know in the human realm, in our human world, if you don't have money, you don't eat. If you don't have money, you don't drink. Right? And if you're wicked and sinful, you deserve judgment and punishment. Right? That's our human world. That's the way in which we think. That's the intuition by which we are gauged and 
we are trained. But yet in the way of God, as we just read, if you don't have money, come eat anyway. If you don't have money, come drink anyway. If you are wicked and sinful, find repentance, mercy, forgiveness. For God's plans aren't our plans. God's ways aren't our ways. Paul simply reiterates this to the letter of the Romans. His context is much different in his writing. He is reaffirming this covenant that God has made with the descendants of Abraham. He is trying to make sure that we understand that God has a plan, a vision in mind for those who are of that descendancy and that we may not fully understand or comprehend what God is doing, but that does not give us license to simply stand on the side Rather, to be people who engage in this vision of God that is not only for the descendants of Abraham, but is for all people. That we can participate even though we may not fully comprehend. You see, I don't believe that all of God's plans for the world and all of God's ways in the world are a complete mystery around us. They're just not natural to each and every one of us. You think about the news this week. And all the different things that just kind of filtered through the activities of the news. You know, the Dow found itself on a roller coaster again this week. And for some people who have a short-term kind of perspective, there's a worry about our money. For the rest who have longer-term perspectives, they're just riding out the typical trends of the market. You know, Hillary Clinton continues to be in the news. There's people who think that you can't trust her statements and is she hiding secrets or whatever? Is her apology genuine? You know, people want to know the Democrat vote to move the nuclear deal with Iran forward. What is that going to do to impact our future? If you were paying attention, this uh, Pentagon released a report that there's still some concerns about them shipping these viruses back and forth between their labs. Yay, Pentagon. Way to trust you, right? Baltimore reached an agreement with the Freddie Gray family. They're going to settle for $6.4 million. Courts ordered that the Kentucky clerk by the name of Kim Davis could go free from jail even though she continues to violate federal laws. And the Don keeps on insulting anybody and everybody, right? That was kind of the news this week as well as much of the struggles of humanity with the refugees. You know, maybe what makes God mysterious is, is that God really doesn't value the things that we necessarily value. That God's values are different than ours. God's culture is different than ours. God's response is sometimes different than ours. God's concerns are different than ours. I'm not really sure that God cares all that much about the Dow, Hillary or the Donald, Senate or House votes, military security, our ideas of fairness and justice. But I also think that well-reasoned, educated, and even those of us that are gifted with a great common sense do not want to succumb to the idea that God simply works in mysterious ways. We want to answer to the things that are happening in the world around us. We want to know that God is actively engaged in the world around us, and we want to know how we can participate in that as well. Because God working in mysterious ways is too nebulous, too ambivalent, 
And there are too many important social and justice kind of issues for us to stand on the sidelines. No, we want to be actively involved. And we want to know how in a way that represents God. I'm going to invite you today to think about this and to engage in it maybe afresh and anew. Maybe afresh as you read the scriptures and you search out these stories where God has been active in the world around us as you think through the patriarchs of Noah and Abraham and Moses, how God worked through the message of the prophets of Elijah and Elisha and Isaiah and Daniel and on, how God sent his own messenger, the incarnation, Jesus the Christ, to show us what it means to eat with sinners, heal the sick and give sight to the blind, to bring salvation to all the world that God engaged us through the power of the Holy Spirit and the birthing of the church and wants to engage the church now through that very same Spirit so that we might be sent forth to participate in God's activity in the transformation of the world, in the coming of God's kingdom. To be relational as God was relational. To be ones who go out and deliver as God delivered to be ones who are restorative in bringing in those who are the outcast of our societies and our communities and our families, to participate in the work that is salvific and transformative for all people, to live out this mission, this great commission that goes and preaches the good news and the gospel to all persons, to be empowered by the Holy Spirit as God's people, to live this out as our way. The ways that are God's. Because they're self-evident. I think the ways of God are plain and before us and in the world around us. They are knowable to each and every one of us. But it simply requires us to maybe step outside of our norms and our culture. Maybe the mystery that we find ourselves mired in is the struggle of trying to unravel our own story, the human story. That we continue to be baffled by the inexplicable of our own existence, the indiscriminate nature of disease, because, you know, it really doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care your age, your race, your social status. It doesn't care about your gender. And we're trying to unravel that mystery. We find ourselves embedded in it. Maybe we find ourselves going through the mystery of trying to understand our inability to keep our vows and our covenants. Maybe we wrestle with this propensity towards war and violence and retribution because the nature of God is love and peace and kindness. And this is the mystery we find ourselves in the midst of. Maybe we just don't like accountability. And so it's easier just simply to shovel this off into the realm of God and say that God works in mysterious ways and there's no answer to the mystery around us. And yet what I hope you hear today is simply this, that even though there is unresolved mystery around us and we wrestle with that and we try to penetrate the depths of it to understand it, to understand and know in this moment that God is not out there, that God is here with us today. And that relying on a phrase like God works in mysterious ways isn't the answer. But rather to come and know that God is active in the world around us. 
It's evident in the story of God's past. It's evident in the story of God's present. It's evident in the story that is still unfolding around us. It's evident in the communities beyond us. It's evident in the community of who we are. You saw glimpses of that yesterday. As several hundred of us participated in a 5K run, packed about 7,000 lunches. Others witnessed this as People gathered around to hand diapers out to under-resourced children or packed meals on Friday that went to a local school. God's at work in the world around us. It's just simply will our eyes be opened, will we step out of our own mystery and into the realm where God is working and active. So I'm going to encourage you this week, maybe take some time to re-engage the story of God and see the ways in which God has been active in the world before and how God is active in the world today. Take time to go deeper this week. You're going to see a devotional piece that's in your worship guide. I want to encourage you to take that home and read and pray and reflect upon it and see if you can discover the ways in which God has been working, maybe in your own home, your neighborhood, or in our community beyond. And then the next time that you are faced with a difficult situation or a question, see if you can't come up with a little bit better answer than simply God works in mysterious ways. See if you can't point to the ways in which God is and continues to be active in the world in and through every single one of us. Will you pray with me? So God of grace and mercy, in this moment we come. And we ask that you might open our eyes and our hearts to your ways. And even though sometimes they are mysterious to us because we don't fully comprehend or understand them, we ask that you give us an excitement, an energy, a hunger to mine through your story, to glean from it and to come to understand, to have our souls nourished in such a way that the mystery falls away and your activity and your work becomes a portrait before us, evident, something that we can see. And just as important as that, Lord, we ask that your spirit empower us, that we might become actors in this story, agents who go and seek out, agents who deliver the good news and live the good news, agents who go to relieve the oppressed and the poor. May this be so in our hearts, in our minds, but also in our lives. And we ask all these things in the name of Christ. Amen. I'm going to ask our ushers to come at this time for our morning offering as we receive it today. I would like to say to each and every one of you, thank you so much for your generous and for your loving gifts.